What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. Another thing that I'm really proud of at university is um, spearheading like a rocketry certification program uh, mm. to try and get students outside of aerospace engineering excited about rocketry. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a lot of painful planning and scheduling and scrambling to get things in order. But I did get things in order, and we were able to get uh, a bunch of rockets assembled that we're hopefully going to launch this coming fall uh, once everybody's back on campus. So. That is Daniel Kudzic, a Goldwater scholar studying material science and engineering at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Hello, I'm your host, Venkat Raman. Daniel took all the AP classes in his high school. He loved AP US history. He was also very active in the Science Olympiad and really enjoyed it because it involved building things. He was also fortunate to have been in a high school where there was a class dedicated to doing research. It was here that Daniel cut his teeth in research and got his hands dirty working on battery technology. Daniel joins us on our podcast to share his undergraduate college journey at UIUC, battery research, winning the Goldwater Scholarship, summer internships, and advice for high schoolers. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast. The past couple years in undergraduate have been some of the wildest and most formative years of my life, mm -hmm. uh, both inside the classroom and outside as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's an incredible amount of people that I've met who are uh, some of the smartest, most creative, talented people I've ever met. Uh, I, ha I have the uh, wonderful fortune of working with uh, some really incredible professors at university. Another big factor for UIUC was also just cost. Um, going out of state is expensive. Um, mm -hmm. UIUC, being an in-state school, offered uh, quite simply better financial aid, uh, mm -hmm. lower initial tuition costs as well. Uh, and the COVID pandemic was a big factor, too. Um, right. I was able to find a research lab that specialized in, you guessed it, batteries. Batteries, um, yeah. And like looking at their website, they actually even had a uh, like an old paper of theirs uh, where they had previously worked on zinc air batteries. Uh, mm -hmm. So when I sent the email over to their professor, I was like, yo, hey, I took a look at your research website. I've done battery research in the past, too. Um, I saw you did zinc air battery stuff. I love that. Um, do you have uh, or do any of your grad students have uh, an opening? There's uh, like a whole Slack channel and community, essentially, of uh, former Goldwater scholars who are anywhere from currently in the middle of their Ph.D., to currently working in industry, uh, to uh, actively teaching as professors. Um, yeah. And in fact, yeah. I got connected uh, with a professor uh, currently at Arizona State um, who uh, is doing some work in battery and energy storage materials. So on the research side of things in uh, terms of high school, uh, you can still definitely get very, very far in terms of extracurricular activities uh, like Science Olympiad or Math Team, uh, even more trivia-based things like Scholastic Bowl that still show that you've got a huge bank of technical knowledge and prowess. Um, mm -hmm. I think Robotics Teams uh, are a fantastic place to uh, show that off as well. And These were the high fives brought to you by College Matters, Alma, Alma Matters. matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For my newsletter, visit almamatters.substack.com. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Daniel. So without further ado, here is Daniel Kudzic. If you're ready, we can 
jump right in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what did you want to start off with? Well, why don't we start with your overall sort of impressions of your college or undergraduate years uh, at UIUC? Ooh, okay. So that's a very big question to uh, immediately start off with. Um, uh, to give some context uh, for everybody else, I'm uh, about to be a senior at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign studying material mm-hmm. science and engineering with a minor in computer science. Um, and I can say with pretty great confidence that um, the past couple years in undergraduate have been some of the wildest and most formative years of my life, mm-hmm. uh, both inside the classroom and outside as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an incredible amount of people that I've met who are uh, some of the smartest, most creative, talented people I've ever met. Uh, I, ha- I have the uh, wonderful fortune of working with uh, some really incredible professors at university. Uh, mad respect uh, to the professors uh, that, are, that are teaching my courses and the mm-hmm. dedication they have for uh, teaching students, uh, both within material science and also on the computer science side. Uh, computer science, especially like super like self-critical about their own teaching methods, always looking to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, and just with what I've learned both on the technical side as well as in terms of the soft skills, so uh, communication, presentation, uh, really putting myself out there in the world. It's, again, absolutely wild. So why did you pick this, this college, this university? So... Uh, funnily enough, uh, when I was originally looking at universities, I had wanted to get as far away from home as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of other uh, high schoolers can share s- similar sentiment, getting away from family as much as possible. Right. Um, so I had applied to a bunch of schools on the West Coast in particular, so uh, lots of the UC system. Uh, I'm from the Chicagoland area, by the way, just to yeah. give context of where I was aiming. Um, and then as admission results came in, uh, you know, I started to like figure out where, what the options were in terms of admittance. Um, and one thing that uh, I eventually like realized through that application process is one, uh, when it comes to like the top 10, top 15, even top 20 universities, mm-hmm. um, they're more or less, there, is, there isn't like any huge significant differences between each of those. It mm-hmm. becomes more a matter of what you yourself can do at those universities rather sure. than what the name can do. So uh, the difference between Berkeley and UIUC is not going to be as big as, say, uh, what you do in your extracurriculars at Berkeley versus your extracurriculars at UIUC. Um mm-hmm. Another big factor for UIUC was also just cost. Um, going out of state is expensive. Um, mm-hmm. UIUC, being an in-state school, offered uh, quite simply better financial aid, uh, mm-hmm. lower initial tuition costs as well. Uh, and the COVID pandemic was a big factor too um, because uh, this was year 2020, unfortunately. Yeah. And if I were to say, go to a place like Berkeley or Stanford, I would be paying tens of thousands of dollars a year to basically take a bunch of online classes. Mm-hmm. Whereas at least with UIUC, I'd be able to be on campus. I wouldn't be able to do too much on campus, but I'd still be physically on campus and uh, able to do some things, meet up with some people in a limited capacity uh, during the start of the pandemic. Before we jump into UIUC, tell us a little bit about your high school. What were you like? What were you interested in? Mm, so uh, I'm not sure how many people uh, can relate, but uh, I definitely was like that kid in high school <laughs> who took all the AP classes, mm-hmm. uh, for better or for worse. Um, it still was immensely formative, and I got to really deep dive into a bunch of stuff that I was super passionate about and really explore uh, topics like, especially even with classes like uh, A Push, AP U.S. History, mm-hmm. um, like the uh, like the discussions and the level of depth that we could achieve there was uh, a lot better than 
um, uh, what I might otherwise find in a normal U.S. Uh, history course of high school. And the students mm-hmm. were better behaved. So <laughs> uh, there was that. Um, I was also very, very active in a lot of the uh, academic and like scholarly extracurriculars uh, mm-hmm. back in high school. So things like Science Olympiad, uh, Math Team, uh, Scholastic mm-hmm. Bowl, uh, for mm-hmm. those in other states, you might uh, know it under the name Quiz Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a brief stint that I had in robotics as well, but uh, that turned out uh, terribly. <laughs> so <laughs> um, just tough lessons learned uh, and teamwork and collaboration is tough when everybody else is already being stretched thin too uh, through their own clubs as well. But Science Olympiad was by far uh, one of, like, the most fun uh, things that I've done in high school, uh, especially because I could just build so much. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there were a bunch of balsa, uh, balsa building events uh, where mm-hmm. I'd be building uh, towers that weighed, like, seven grams uh, wow. out of ultralight balsa wood that mm-hmm. would hold, like, seven kilograms. Mm. So really trying to maximize the... Uh, like uh, weight ratio there in trying to get ahead in the competition. Now, it looks like you also engaged in a fair amount of battery research. What was that about? Yes. uh, So this is where I also got uh, started in high school. And I am incredibly, incredibly fortunate to have gone to a high school that uh, had a dedicated class where – they more or less uh, told the students, here's a hundred bucks plus or minus a couple ten or so, uh, mm-hmm. or whatever else the students were up to because some didn't need any money. Mm-hmm. Um, go do a research project, and your final obligation is to present this research project at a science fair uh, in the spring. Mm. Uh, so I got started in that course uh, back in sophomore year, and uh, funnily enough, my first uh, research project was in polymers, more specifically uh, trying to turn plastic back Mm -hmm. into oil. It Mm -hmm. failed miserably. I hated Mm -hmm. the project. I hated the mess that it produced. Uh, It was just (laughs) awful to deal with. Um, So I learned what I didn't want to do, uh, which was very good. And uh, so that pushed me into a new direction. And the new direction that I wanted to go further down uh, was battery technologies, energy storage technologies, because mm-hmm. um, as I was thinking about it back then, like everybody, it was going crazy over solar panels, mm-hmm. um, but renewable energy sources like solar panels and uh, wind turbines, those are great, but they're also really intermittent. And mm-hmm. if you can't find a way to stabilize, stabilize that, then uh, – their use is really, really limited, especially because the sun doesn't shine at night. Right. Um, that plus better batteries, better consumer devices, your iPhone lasts a little longer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a lot of people can see the benefit in that there. Uh, so I started off with uh, first a project in zinc air batteries, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, suffered from uh, like rapidly degrading as you tried to recharge them and mm-hmm. uh, repeatedly discharge them. Um, that project also kind of failed miserably. Um, and, and you might notice the common theme here uh, where projects <laughs> keep failing miserably. Um, and uh, this goes to one of the things that I really want to emphasize with the research process. And it's that you will fail. Uh, you quite literally are doing things that nobody else has ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much value in that, even if uh, what you learn from the research project is uh, what not to do, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I was able to go from that project, and for my senior year in high school, uh, I did something with uh, iron-ion batteries, so analogous Mm -hmm. to lithium-ion, but using Mm -hmm. iron instead. Yeah. Um, But unfortunately, that project got cut short because of the COVID pandemic in 2020. Now, I have to ask you this. why did you pick battery research? Is this, is, was this because you saw what was going on and you were motivated by it, or did someone push you in that direction? Or what, what, what happened? How did that happen? Yeah, a, a large part of it was the uh, impact that uh, I thought I could make through the battery research. Uh, and mm-hmm. again, I'll connect, connect it back to uh, the renewable energy space where yeah. – um, 
And like if you've got solar panels and uh, wind turbines whose power output fluctuates wildly throughout the day, uh, then you got to have batteries to store that energy for sure. uh, using it on demand, say, at night. Um, another aspect, too, uh, also had to deal with just the physical limitations uh, of what I had to work with as a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the other uh, classmates that I had in that research class uh, were doing projects with biology, mm-hmm. um, which is all fine and good. And we had fantastic uh, resources for supporting those uh, biology projects like autoclaves. Um, but biology gets really messy really fast. Uh, there were well-known issues of projects being uh, cross-contaminated awfully frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it even started bleeding into other projects outside of biology, too. There's uh, both a funny and kind of a deeply worrisome instance where a bunch of fruit flies from someone else's project got mm-hmm. into a quantum dot solution of one of my friends, mm-hmm. uh, wow. effectively <laughs> ruining those solutions. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I kind of wanted to say from uh, the biology side of things there, um, and with batteries uh, like being more of a chemical project than anything, uh, it's not necessarily trivial, but a lot easier to get your hands on the chemicals that you needed um, and work with the chemicals under a fume hood, uh, which any basic chemistry lab in high school is going to be outfitted with. Um, I wasn't doing anything uh, absolutely crazy with organic chemistry either, uh, so... Uh, no need for uh, expensive organic glassware setups and uh, multiple distillation chambers and things like that. So um, o- overall, battery projects, is, as like I was coming up with those ideas at the time, uh, easily fit the like access to materials that I had at the time. Fabulous. So you're off to a great start there in high school. Um, and then you're ready to go to UIUC. So what was that transition like? So the transition, in all honesty, was deeply marred by the COVID pandemic. Um, I never got a graduation, really. Um, Instead of uh, walking up to receive my diploma, I had a Google presentation, Mm -hmm. um, which isn't super enticing. Um, A lot of the in-person events uh, yeah. That would have facilitated, uh, like, the transition over the summer and, like, freshman orientation. All of those were canceled, um, uh, if not made online, uh, which at that point it's not the same because it's basically just a presentation that's made to you over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the first semester that I was at UIUC, it was more or less just me holed up in my dorm, uh, attending a lot of my classes virtually, uh, mm-hmm. with the exception of one class, which by some miracle uh, was still running in person. Um, and I think it was because the class size was a whole lot smaller in this instance and was associated with a different program outside of my major. Uh, so that was like basically one of my only uh, in-person uh, interactions uh, during that first semester, um, but uh, thankfully things started improving in the uh, spring semester afterward, uh, beginning in 2021, uh, when the pandemic was finally beginning to dissipate a little bit. Uh, some more classes were finally beginning to get held in person, uh, mm-hmm. and clubs were finally beginning to uh, get back into in-person activities, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. What was, uh, uh, what was the question I was supposed to answer? <laughs> no, I think you're doing fine. I was talking about the transition to college. So I think, um, uh, okay. so, so let's talk a little bit about the academics. How, how was the transition? You know, what were the classes like? What were the course material like? How did you find all the, all that? Yeah. Um, so I will say that, uh, if, uh, if you've done like a bunch of AP classes in high school uh, and if your teacher uh, like held you up to good standards in those AP classes, then uh, it more or less is the same when it comes to your uh, first introductory freshman classes. Um, the Depending on the university that you go to, because uh, for my end, I was in a calculus three course that had hundreds of students in a single Zoom call at the time. 
mm-hmm. nowadays it'll be hundreds of students in a single lecture hall. Uh, but, uh, the class size can be a little intimidating, uh, and the delivery might leave you a little more alienated from other, uh, from your professors. You might not be able to cultivate, like, as deeply close and personal of a relationship as, uh, uh, what you might have been able to do back in high school, where mm-hmm. class sizes were maybe at most 30, 35 kids, and that's talking about a, a really crowded classroom back in high school. Yeah. Um, but that didn't shock me too much, um, and uh, I also was already kind of acclimated to remote delivery for classes anyways, uh, given that the uh, pandemic struck during the second half of my senior year, and yeah. then that more or less continued into all of freshman year of university. Once you got to meet your classmates in person, um, what did you find about them? How are your peers? Uh, oh, they're, they are uh, all absolutely brilliant and cracked, and oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> your uh, goodness. Uh, it's entirely possible that uh, you may have heard this uh, like over and over in the past, but uh, you've got a lot of kids coming in from high school who uh, were one of, if not the smartest kids of their grade in that high school, and then suddenly yeah. they're placed in an institution where every single kid was the sm- was one of the smartest, if not the smartest, in uh, their uh, in their high school, uh, which sure. can be intimidating, uh, but at the same time it can be immensely invigorating as well. Um, another sort of inspirational thing that I've heard, even m- most recently uh, at my current job, uh, is that if you're the smartest one in the room, uh, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, and so being able to learn from all of these uh, incredibly smart peers uh, who all have their uh, insane ambitions, um, it uh, can re- really invigorate you and be the foundation for a lot of friendships. Um, and so that can get their start in things like academic clubs, uh, like the aerospace club that I'm in, Thrust. Uh, mm-hmm. That one is actually uh, a bit outside of my comfort zone. Uh, I like rocketry. I love aerospace. But I am by no means a rocket scientist by training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of it was relying on the assistance and uh, help and guidance uh, of these other classmates, some of whom were several years my senior, uh, where they were all either juniors or seniors, um, and using their advice to get started on my first set of simulations, uh, learning how to use CAD properly, uh, and design the things mm-hmm. that they needed to get designed. Um, and it was a little bit of a trial by fire, uh, but trials by fire, I'd also argue, uh, are one of the greatest ways uh, to learn that trial and error process and really throwing yourself um, at the issue uh, and trying to tackle it in uh, the most intuitive way possible for you. Um, and then within the classes as well, uh, those same friendships and uh, connecting with those uh, brilliant people around you uh, from the foundation for study groups that'll basically carry you through your sophomore, junior, and senior lectures and labs. When did you start undergraduate research in college? Mm-hmm. So I had hoped to get started with research immediately when I entered university, but unfortunately that was not possible with the COVID pandemic at the time. Yeah. Uh, but I did get really fortunate in that I was able to start uh, not in the fall of my freshman semester, uh, but in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this was also after uh, a little period of using the fall semester to figure out, okay, how does an undergraduate get into a research lab here at the university, right? Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. different professors respond differently to different student queries. Uh, you need to make sure that you present yourself well to these professors uh, when you first introduce them to your uh, introduce yourself to them. Um, and so uh, after fig- uh, figuring that out and also after getting a feel for what research was on campus in the first place, um, right. I was able to find a research lab that specialized in, you guessed it, batteries. Exactly. Um, yeah. And like looking at their website, they actually even had a uh, like an old paper of theirs uh, where they had previously worked on zinc air batteries uh, mm-hmm. So when I sent the email over to the professor, I was like, yo, hey, I took a look at your research website. I've done battery research in the past, too. Um, I saw you did zinc air battery stuff. I love that. Um, 
do you have uh, or do any of your grad students have uh, an opening? Uh, and so after I reached out, uh, the professor responded back warmly. Uh, we continued our conversations from there, and eventually we found a graduate mentor uh, that took me on for the spring semester. Awesome, awesome. So, what kind of what kind of stuff did you do over the few years, initial years at least? Oh, okay. So, uh, within the research side of things. Uh, a lot of the initial experience of uh, the undergraduate lab uh, was just trying to figure out what was happening and what was the context behind uh, the research. Mm -hmm. uh, because even though I had a lot of background knowledge about uh, how batteries worked and some absolute basics of electrochemistry, mm -hmm. um, solid state batteries was fairly new to me. It still is a fairly new-ish thing just in industry in general. That's why it's a research topic. Right. Um, so there was a lot of reading that was involved in that, a lot of learning how the lab worked and, uh, a lot and a lot of training, um, especially because I work in a glove box, uh, which has an inner atmosphere. Uh, okay. so getting used to the reduced dexterity of, uh, trying to wear those thick, uh, butyl rubber gloves, uh, while working with like super tiny powdered samples and little coin mm -hmm. cells, um, it was definitely an adjustment period, but um, uh, once uh, I got the hang of things in terms of battery assembly, um, uh, it was basically a lot of uh, battery assembly from there, uh, helping out my graduate mentor wherever possible, helping out in data analysis in some instances as well. Uh, yeah, so that describes the research uh, side of things. Then there's the coursework, so uh, going through the uh, last few like freshman introductory courses so your uh recommended physics courses for all engineering freshmen mm -hmm. uh recommended math courses for all engineers as well uh before diving deeper and deeper into the material science coursework um and i can talk about that a little bit later uh there's also the extracurricular side of things and it's more than just um like building rockets and doing even more technical stuff uh uh, one thing that I want to stress for everyone uh, is that you should definitely use the extracurriculars at your university to just have fun. Um, there's a Polish club at my university. I'm uh, from a Polish background, so mm -hmm. uh, I was able to connect with some of the people there and actually see some familiar faces uh, from my own Polish school from back when I was in high school, which was mm -hmm. uh, super fun. Um, there's sports clubs. There's a skydiving club that uh, I was able to join, too. Um, which is absolutely insane. Uh, yeah. So coming back to research then, um, what, what kind of impact did it have on you? Um, you know, what did you learn from that whole experience in addition to obviously the coursework? Yeah. Uh, one thing that research definitely imbues into you is, um, just resi resilience and sheer dedication. Uh, mm -hmm. Just like it kept mm -hmm. happening over and over again in high school where uh, batteries kept leaking, batteries kept failing, you know, same stuff happens even in <laughs> these uh, sophisticated university research labs, right? Because um, yeah. that kind of is the definition of research. You're doing stuff that nobody else has done before, uh, that nobody else is really uh, that nobody else can really help you out with. So it's mm -hmm. up to you to um, figure out what, uh, first, what you want to learn. Uh, second, how you're going to set out to achieve what you want to learn. And then in the process of that, uh, troubleshooting all the problems that come up. Uh, so mm -hmm. problem solving is another huge thing uh, that's really, really important when it comes to research as well. Um, because uh, setting a plan and then executing it uh, without any hitches is rarely going to go according to plan. Um, yep. If something goes wrong, like you got to know, okay, what's the diagnostic list that I'm going to go down? Um, what are the possible failure routes? Uh, what could have explained this possible battery short or things like that? Mm -hmm. um, and there's definitely a big element, too, of synthesizing information from a lot of different uh, resources uh, ranging from the really technical uh, knowledge and the literature reviews that you'll get uh, during your background reviews for your mm -hmm. research project, 
mm-hmm. uh, to the things that you learn hands-on. So uh, how certain machinery operates, uh, why you can't do X, Y, Z with certain machines, mm-hmm. uh, what the limitation of a machine is, whether it be physical or uh, the machine just isn't built for something like that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it it really does, uh, uh, like, it's definitely challenging and uh, super formative. Uh, time and time again, I stress that there's so many things in the lab that I've learned that there is no way uh, I could have learned anywhere near as efficiently in the classroom. So let's jump to the Goldwater Scholar uh, application. Um, tell us why you applied for the Goldwater Scholarship. Yeah, so um, at UIUC, and I'd imagine this is the case at a lot of other big universities as well, uh, there's an office that um, uh, takes a look at uh, nationally competitive scholarships, encourages students uh, to apply for scholarships both within the university and outside of the university. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, I get an email uh, from this office just blasted to all of the engineering students about the Goldwater Scholarship and mm-hmm. reading more into it. Uh, it seemed very targeted towards uh, researcher students. Yeah. Um And given the fact that I had gotten started with research in high school, given the fact that I was super early with research at university, um, I was thinking to myself, okay, like, I think I have a shot at this. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be painful to, uh, you know, sacrifice that spare time and make time outside of my other classwork commitments uh, to put together the application. But... I, uh, in, uh, at, at the time, I thought it was going to be worth it. Uh, and keep in mind, this is back in my sophomore year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I first applied for the Goldwater Scholarship. Um, so I put together the application. Um, because the process is uh, like super competitive and just because of how the national scholarships are arranged, um, mm-hmm. the university can only nominate four scholars uh, mm-hmm. for final consideration. So even before I got to the final application step, uh, there was a nomination round that I had to go through for the first. And thankfully, um, the scholarship office uh, was actually really supportive in uh, taking a look at my application materials, uh, helping revise them and edit them as need, as need be, and uh, sort of refining the final like research message that I wanted to send mm-hmm. uh, through uh, through my application. Um, and, uh, fortunately after that process, I was nominated. My application was forwarded, uh, to the federal government and I did not receive the scholarship initially on that first try. Um, Mm. however, the, uh, scholarship office did recommend that I apply once again, um, because generally it is very difficult to get that scholarship as a sophomore and I was applying as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reapplied again as a junior, uh, this time with an additional internship, uh, some additional research items that I could speak to. Um, and following that, um, I mean, I already had most of the application gathered together anyway, so that also sped up the process for me junior year as well. Um, after all that, uh, I reapplied again, got through the nomination process again, uh, application got forwarded to the federal government, and this second time around, I did, in fact, receive the Goldwater Scholarship. What do you think made the difference the second time around? It's kind of hard to say, actually. Um, I definitely think that uh, the additional internship that I picked up at Panasonic uh, was mm-hmm. a contributing factor. Um, uh, even though it isn't uh, like formal research per se, and a lot of the application really, really wants you to see, uh, wants you to put out your uh, like research talents and stuff. Um, I still learned a lot of valuable like technical skills at Panasonic involving like large scale manufacture um, and uh, what it really takes to take uh, like an advanced uh, technology in the lab and then bring it up to scale in like a gigafactory, the likes of which mm-hmm. you might find in uh, Nevada and uh, Texas under the authority of Tesla. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that was a contributing factor. There were also like some other uh, elements with uh, the research that I did with my own uh, research group. So uh, plans for my own independent study within the group, 
uh, in terms of getting a look uh, getting a look at the mechanical behavior of our solid state cells. That was something that uh, I was going to start uh, junior year as well as I was filling out this application. So I could say to the uh, reviewers, hey, uh, in addition to all of the stuff that I did in support of my mentor, here's my own fresh new idea uh, on how I can take this research even further. Um, and I think that uh, was a pretty big element. Um, really highlighting that independence uh, is uh, something big in terms of uh, what the Goldwater reviewers want. So what difference is it making to you? I mean, so how did winning at um, being awarded the scholarship make a difference and how is it continuing to make a difference? So I think the biggest difference that it's making is uh, just the further encouragement that I'm getting to go ahead and pursue a PhD once I graduate uh, with my bachelor's. Because mm -hmm. um, in addition to the award kind of self-affirming, hey, people do indeed think that you're a good researcher. Um, there's also the resources uh, that are offered to you um, uh, after the scholarship is awarded. So uh, there's uh, like a whole Slack channel and community essentially of uh, former Goldwater scholars who are anywhere from currently in the middle of their PhD to currently working in industry uh, to uh, actively teaching as professors. Um, yeah. And in fact, I got connected uh, with a professor uh, currently at Arizona State um, who uh, is doing some work in battery and energy storage materials. Uh, and mm. So I've had some conversations with him uh, over Zoom about uh, what his research journey was like, what his application process was like, uh, and he was able to speak to uh, the versatility that uh, you can experience in a PhD uh, in that what you do in undergraduate doesn't necessarily uh, need to be what you continue in your PhD. You could veer hard into a different but still somewhat related discipline because he started off in electronic inks, hated mm -hmm. it, decided to go into batteries, and he found out that he loved that a lot more. <laughs> so <laughs> it just goes to show the kind of journeys uh, that happen in these professional arenas uh, and definitely as I'm weighing the decision between going straight into industry versus continuing on towards a PhD, uh, that uh, uh, the access that the Goldwater Scholarship has given me is uh, really going to help uh, guide that final decision, which I still am making. Absolutely, absolutely. So you men mentioned some internships, I mean, with Panasonic, for example. So. Um, can you talk a little bit about the internships you've had? Yeah. So the first one that I did was at Argonne National Laboratory in the summer of 2021. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of seeking out that internship, uh, I received the guidance that uh, if you're a, a freshman who is applying for internships at companies, you mm -hmm. are going to have an extraordinarily hard time. Because uh, thinking about it from the company side of things, companies want to retain interns as full-time employees. And right. if you are a freshman, uh, there is very, very little guarantee that in the three years afterward, you're going to keep returning as an intern or that you're going to keep returning as a uh, full-time employee. Mm -hmm. So you have much better chances then in going for uh, a more research-oriented opportunity uh, yeah. in the summer after your freshman year. Uh, so I applied to uh, several programs at national laboratories, uh, several REUs. Um, I forget what REU stands for, but um, uh, re re uh, yeah, I'm not going to try and guess what the acronym stands for, but um, REUs and getting into national laboratories are uh, still difficult as a freshman, but definitely a lot easier um, uh, in the summer immediately after your freshman year. So that's what got me into Argonne National Laboratory. Mm -hmm. um, uh, another thing that uh, was really important for getting at least this specific internship uh, was the fact that I was aware of a simulation and finite element analysis. Mm -hmm. uh, so if there's anybody listening that knows what ANSYS is, um, definitely, like, 
learn more about ANSYS and uh, what it does and how you can use it uh, and some of the things that operate under the hood, uh, because it can really, really pay off in terms of uh, career opportunities and other internship opportunities. Um, the internship at Argonne was unfortunately fully virtual because of COVID, yeah. uh, but I still was able to do uh, a lot of uh, pretty cool uh, computation stuff, even if I didn't fully understand what I was doing. Uh, but <laughs> then again, that's part of the process of the internships, right? Yeah, You're never going to go in knowing absolutely everything, and the point is to learn. That's the admission that all of these advisors are going to make when taking on an intern, is that you are going to make mistakes and mm -hmm. it's better that you make the mistakes now as an intern before the stakes really get high after graduation, right? Mm -hmm. um, so after that summer, there was the summer of 2022 uh, where I had sent out, uh, I think, like over 100 uh, separate intern applications, and I ended up getting positive responses from Panasonic. Uh, mm -hmm. Funnily enough, I think I also got a response from John Deere, uh, of all places, but unfortunately, they responded after I had already accepted the Panasonic offer. Mm -hmm. uh, so a little interesting there, but um, Panasonic was uh, my first introduction into large-scale battery manufacturing, right? Because mm. um, everything's all fine and dandy if you can get, um, like, a battery working in the laboratory. That already is an incredible achievement on its own, but yeah. then you got to mass produce these batteries to put them into products uh, like phones, um, tablets, electric cars is the big new market right now. Yep, um, yep. So learning what the factory process was like, learning the current coding processes, uh, learning the current mechanical processes as well. That was a big focus uh, in my internship as well as the mechanical assembly of these batteries. Um, so uh, sort of diversifying outside of the chemical space and more into uh, the mechanical engineering and the quality engineering side of things. Um, and this is where, like, my experience in industry really begins to take off. Mm -hmm. um, and so from there, then, um, the uh, fall semester of my junior year starts, um, and I end up getting an email from my principal investigator, my PI, the supervisor of my whole uh, undergrad research group, uh, saying, hey, we've got someone from Apple who's looking for a grad student who knows simulations and batteries. Hmm. I'm not a grad student, but I didn't know both of those. So yeah. I ended up replying uh, several conversations later. Uh, they seemed very ready to take me on. And so uh, after a lot of trying to figure out how I was going to fit this into my uh, graduation schedule, uh, we eventually landed at the uh, current internship that I'm in right now, uh, which is battery manufacturing design engineering at Apple. Awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. So, you know, I, I think um, I think you've had some wonderful opportunities through these summers and certainly well aligned with your research interests. So. So, Daniel, let's uh, talk a little bit about advice for high schoolers. What talk about two things. One is about obviously applying to college, but also about research in high school, which you got the opportunity to do and not very many students do. So any tips or advice for them? Yeah. So on the research side of things in uh, terms of high school, uh, you can still definitely get very, very far in terms of extracurricular activities uh, like Science Olympiad or math team, uh, even more trivia-based things like Scholastic Bowl that still show that you've got a huge bank of technical knowledge and prowess. Um, mm -hmm. I think robotics teams uh, are a fantastic place to uh, show that off as well. And hopefully it'll go better for you than it did for me. Um, <laughs> uh, but definitely make the most of those uh, experiences as well. Um, uh, because what you learn uh, hands-on, like building stuff in Science Olympiad, or what you learn hands-on doing uh, your own research and assembling notes for astronomy or entomology or a dynamic planet, uh, if any of you happen to know those event names, um, that kind of research process uh, can sort of get you started in what it's like to do uh, literature reviews and uh, the proper background reviews you need to get started uh, with uh, university research. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then as for doing like research projects themselves uh, mm-hmm. at universe, uh, not at university, but as starting off in high school, um, definitely look for other science fairs that are happening in your area, even at other schools. Um, because through the science fair that uh, all of the students in my class were funneled into, I was able to find out uh, about other uh, science fairs uh, and places where you can show off your research mm-hmm. um, at places where, like, there's Loyola University, I think, uh, which has, like, a high school research symposium held in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, also one in Wheeling, uh, uh, if you're in Illinois, uh, that, uh, like focuses on research with a positive impact. Uh, so even if your school doesn't funnel you into a science fair, you can still look at those other ones. Um, and the key thing to know about, uh, what, uh, doing research as a high schooler is that for the most part, these are going to be independent projects. Um, mm-hmm. And with that, you will have to get creative with uh, sort of the resources that you have on hand um, and the types of projects that you can do. Um, like in my end, I was uh, particularly limited in uh, like the electrical instrumentation that I had for measuring how these batteries were, per- were performing, um, mm-hmm. as well as like the materials processing methods for these. Um, so uh, it is a limitation to be aware of, especially as you're reading all of these research papers that are talking about things like uh, uh, X-ray diff- diffractometry and sintering and ball milling uh, and all of these fancy processes that uh, require instruments that you may or may not have. Uh, my brother actually is a pretty good example of uh, how to conduct research projects that um, aren't super resource intensive because he was in high school as a sophomore uh, right when the pandemic hit. So Mm -hmm. in order for him to continue his project, he more or less had to do his stuff at home. And Mm -hmm. so he ended up doing a research project on composting, uh, which Mm -hmm. again is a pretty relevant thing in terms of sustainability uh, and uh, waste stream management. So Mm -hmm. Um, there's a ton of fantastic ideas out there uh, that you can do with surprisingly few res- resources. Uh, computational projects uh, as well are really, really promising uh, for research as well. There were a handful of students that got really far in the science fair and beyond uh, with some of their simulation projects uh, where basically all you need is computer and knowledge of how to work in C++. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Projects are really good for the high school research side of things, as well as uh, picking up a lot of the technical skills that are really going to get you far in university as well. Okay, so, Daniel, we're going to start winding down. But before Mm -hmm. I let you go, um, would love if you could share some memory or uh, vignette, something that you think the listeners would like to hear from your undergraduate years. Oh, goodness. There's, I mean, there's so many, again, so many wild and crazy and wonderful things uh, that happen uh, just at universities in general. Um, In terms of some of the friend groups I found, uh, they are some of the weirdest people I've ever met. And you know what? I find that absolutely delightful. Uh, Mm -hmm. Going to, uh, like, say, conventions that are sort of like offshoots of Comic-Con, for example, with them, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, like fantastic explorations into internet culture and nerd culture. Um, so if you're uh, into that sort of thing um, and, and like that sort of media, uh, then, you know, university is going to have a bunch of people with uh, a wide set of interests that may or may not sway you in their direction. Or who knows, maybe you might be the one with uh, like a fantastic idea as well. Um, Because with my end, uh, another thing that I'm really proud of at university is um, spearheading like a rocketry certification program uh, Mm. to try and get students outside of aerospace engineering excited about rocketry. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a lot of painful planning and scheduling and scrambling to get things in order. But I did get things in order, and we were able to get... Uh, a bunch of rockets assembled that we're hopefully going to launch this coming fall uh, once everybody's back on campus. So uh, wonderful memories there at the build sessions uh, that we conducted. Um, 
uh, nights hanging out uh, with uh, friends late at night on uh, either movie nights or uh, just other parties that are thrown around. Um, obviously, be responsible uh, when partying. Uh, you may mm-hmm. see people who do uh, some of the decisions that they're not going to be very proud of in the very, very near future. Um, but uh, university is a time to learn. It's a time to connect and uh Whatever may happen, whatever anxieties that you may have right now uh, about university and trying to optimize the experience, know that in the end, uh, you will turn out all right, um, and that uh, what you do in good spirit and good faith right now is really going to pay dividends in the future. Awesome. So, Daniel, um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experiences, um, your insights, and your advice for uh, high schoolers. I wish you all the luck in uh, your further travels and journey into either work next or your graduate school. But uh, hopefully we keep in touch and talk more. But for right now, take care, be safe. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much as well for bringing me on. It was a delight uh, offering uh, some of my perspectives and uh, hopefully helping out uh, some of the people who come before me. Um, uh, Just with stuff having been uh, kind of wild and crazy for me and figuring out stuff on my own, I want to make sure the process is a little easier for those coming after me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you, Daniel. Talk to you soon. Yep. Hopefully we'll keep in touch. I'll see you around. Take care. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Daniel Kutzich about his undergraduate journey at UIUC. He was really into batteries. Once in college, Daniel reached out to a professor to do research in materials related to battery technology. He also did summer internships at Panasonic and Apple to learn how to productize and manufacture these technologies at scale. He won the Goldwater Scholarship, which not only validated his work as a researcher, but it built up his confidence and through the Goldwater community, found a mentor in a professor at Arizona State doing research in battery and storage technologies. I hope Daniel's experience motivates you about college and research, and you explore whether UIUC is a fit for your undergraduate journey. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash alma matters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you. College Matters. Alma Matters. Matters.